Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we are so excited to welcome author Carly Fortune. Carly's debut novel, Every Summer After, released in May of this year, and it has taken the internet by storm. Every Summer After is told over six summers and one weekend as two best friends, Percy and Sam, fall in and out of love. Told in dual timeline, Carly's debut novel will sweep you away to the lake on Barry's Bay as Percy grapples with the biggest mistake of her life and Sam processes the loss of his mother. It is full of summertime nostalgia and will keep you turning pages throughout the night. Here is my conversation with Carly. I'm so excited to welcome to Read It or List It today, author Carly Fortune. If you've been following me recently, you know I cannot stop talking about her book every summer after, and I'm so excited that Carly is here with me today. So welcome, Carly. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I am an author now. This just (laughs) happened (laughs) recently for me. My uh, debut novel, Every Summer After, came out a couple weeks ago now. Um, But prior to that, I was a journalist for 16 years. I live in Toronto um, and I've been an editor across uh, different publications in Canada. So some of our um, women's magazines, I've worked at the newspaper, um, I've done kind of a bit of everything. And most recently I was the executive editor at Refinery29 Canada, which is a I, I launched Refinery29 in Canada in, oh, nice. this is, yeah, in 2018 and built that team out in Canada. Um, so I've kind of built my career being um, behind the scenes and helping other writers, um, other journalists, not authors, uh, kind of build um, their uh, careers and help them tell their stories. And so this has been a very new transition for me. Um, I'm also uh, a mom of, of two boys. I have a five-year-old son and a one-year-old son. Um, and yeah, that's me in a nutshell. That's so exciting. I So I lived in New York for six years and my husband and I moved during the pandemic and uh, we had a sublet, a subletter for a time who worked for Refinery29 in the city. Ah. Yeah. yeah, it's a small world when it comes down to it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. I loved Refinery29. It was a really hard uh, decision for me to to leave, um, but I decided to move on at the end of last year to kind of pursue writing full time. That's so exciting. And now I actually, I live, I'm, I live in the United States. I'm just South of Toronto. I live in Buffalo now. Um, Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I actually, I've gotten to know a cottage country very well. Yes. (laughs) Um, My husband is from here. And so it's so strange for me because I grew up in New England. So I grew up with the Atlantic ocean and like salt water and it always like feel like saltwater and freshwater feel so different and they do it's I think people don't really understand it unless you like spend a lot of time in the water but um we've I've now become I'm a lake girl now because yes he took me to lake Lake girl convert (laughs) yes I I there's just something about it um I he took me to Lake Placid on our first like weekend trip ever and then that's where we got engaged and we got married during the pandemic. So we did like a mini moon there because we couldn't go on our international honeymoon. And like, I don't know, there's just something, there's, there's something different about a lake than like, yes. a beach. yeah, it's more, um, 
it's a little quieter. It's yeah. quieter, it's calmer. Um, you don't feel like you're on the edge of the world, which is like a plus or a minus depending, but yeah, yeah I love and, and it's a bit easier to swim. And I that's why, yes. Um, and that's why, so I grew up with, you know, all the summary books that take place in on the Cape or Nantucket and like those yes. are the things I loved. And now I'm on the hunt for the lake reads. Like those are the things that I crave so badly because it is such a like distinct culture, I guess, like, like people who cottage and all of that. So, and every time I tell people to read every summer after, I'm like, it's the type of book where like, I think you could read it any time of year and just like feel the sun soaking into your skin. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I hope so. That's, that's one of my intentions of, of writing it. Um, I was writing it while we were staying at a cottage on a lake and just like dream. (laughs) Yes. And I grew up, um, I grew up in Barry's Bay where the book is set, um, down a dirt road in the bush on the, on the lake. And so it was very much, um, kind of an ode to those childhood summers and like being in your wet bathing suit all day long and like lying on the hot wood of the dock to dry off and all all of those kind of lakey feels which yeah you don't get in like a classic beach read right there's there's just I can't articulate it as I'm like still working on it every time I try to describe it to people Um, but there's just that like I always say, especially people who write YA very well, and your book is not YA, but we do travel with these characters through those formative years. And like, if you can capture that, those big feelings of being in love when you're 16 and 17, when that's your whole world. And like, I'm 28 now, so I can look back on those years and I'm like, oh my God, like that's a little cringy, a little embarrassing, but at the time, that's all you know. And I just think that like, that's what we get with Percy and Sam. And I just feel so yeah. protective of them. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will hear that. no slander. <laughs> um, I think there's something about young love and those, it's not not even just um, boyfriends or crushes, but um, friendships too, at that time in your life when you're just kind of, you know edging towards adulthood um combined with insane hormones and yes (laughs) and and self-doubt um there's something about that moment that really sticks to your ribs I think and like lives somewhere inside you and I had um brought out my teenage journals before I wrote the book um yeah I kept journals from age seven until like my university years Um, and I had never, I had never read them. Um, and my parents sold our house on the lake uh, over a decade ago. And when we moved the stuff out, I took the shoe boxes of diaries with me. And then I dug them out at the beginning of the pandemic. My husband, uh, my son and I were like in lockdown and I was like, all right, like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I'm going to read my journals. Um, so I dumped them on my bed and there were 13 of them and I, I read them all and it was unreal to me how raw the emotions Mm -hmm. still felt and there were like notes passed in class and there was a letter I wrote to a crush that I never sent him and how large um, of you (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I know. You know what? If if that movie was based on me, I'd have like it would be like twenty letters. <laughs> I had crushes on. I had so many more crushes than Laura Dean. Um, and then there was a letter from a friend breaking up with me, and um, oh I think like yeah, it was six pages. It the was friend page. There's a friend breakup is way worse than a romantic breakup. I will. It's it's rough. I I didn't have any romantic breakups as a teenager. Um, I didn't have a boyfriend as a teen, but um, I had a lot of unrequited crushes. <laughs> um, and I think I went. I didn't read the diaries with the intention of writing a book. I didn't know I was going to write a book at that time. But I think that kind of one thing that stood out to me was like a longing for a person who really understood you and mm -hmm. made you feel seen and heard um, and less alone. And I had a tight circle of girlfriends, but I was, I felt really alone. And um, that's kind of what I wanted to give Percy and Sam. Yeah. And she person. has this like lovely compartmentalization of her life that I could relate to because I went to private school and then over the summer, I I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, I grew up very in a very privileged household. So we belonged to a yacht club and I sailed and I played tennis and I swam. And then that was my life during the summer. And I very rarely saw my school friends and that yeah. aspect of Percy's life where like, she just, you know, she liked her life at home, but she waited all summer to get mm -hmm. back to, and like, she could be a different version of herself and like, as we're growing into ourselves, we can, you know, we discover who we really are. And I'm sure that that helped her on like becoming who she was supposed to be. Uh, so yeah, there are so many aspects of her and like the, just the, the desire to be wanted and like mm -hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing and I don't think so either it can it can, it can go bad but yes um, <laughs> I think it's a very um I think that's a very human experience yes and I, so yeah. few characters I feel like vocalize that honestly and I think that's why I, what I loved so much about these characters is that um, I'm an actor. That's what I'm with my training is. And so I'm always looking for what makes a person tick. And so mm. having the, that generosity of like, I, it's, it can be, I feel like people are like, oh no, you shouldn't say those things out loud or you shouldn't like, um, that's selfish or, um, you're not giving the other person what they need if you're just taking, taking, taking. It's like, but that's what you need to feel safe in your relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah clearly this book hit me in so many ways. No, <laughs> I also I... read it in my childhood home. I was visiting my parents. Oh, so wow. I read it in one day in my like teenage bedroom. <laughs> and I was just well, like, that's kind of the per like other than being <laughs> on the water, I would say that that's the like perfect setting for reading. I took it to the beach. I took it to the beach yes. uh, for the afternoon. I started it that morning. And then I was like, I'm not gonna be able to work today. <laughs> took the <laughs> afternoon off, went to the it. beach and just like sat in a beach chair and then finished it at midnight in my childhood bedroom. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The speed at which people have read this book is just um, I mean, it is incredible, compulsively readable in the best Thank way. You. Like, and Thank you. everyone has said that to me where like, especially, I mean, I, I get messages from so many people who are, 
having a hard time and they're like, what is something that I'm not going to want to put down? Cause I need something to distract yeah. me or make me smile. And like, those are the books that I love to have ready to go to be like, no matter where you are in your life, I think you'll find someone in this book to relate to, whether it's Percy, Sam, Charlie, Sue, like there are so many people, Delilah even, also justice for Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Delilah. I loved her. Like, I don't know. I know she starts out as a bully, but like, I think she's got a great arc and I would love to know. I would love a book from her POV. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only person who has said that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Delilah starts off as this bully figure for Percy. And originally, um, I didn't write it this way, but I had been thinking about Percy having a much more like dramatic teenage, um, like more trouble at school with bullies Mm. throughout her high school years. And then I was like, you know, I don't think so. I think that, um, that they would like, they're very drawn to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Delilah and Percy and per- Percy like is particularly like, there's kind of like a, like a bit of a crush, like a friend crush on mm-hmm. Delilah and like the power that she has. And um, I think it's more realistic, at least in my experience with young friendships that they would kind of like get, o- get over at that. And I've been like, you know, when I was a kid, I moved to Barry's Bay from Australia um, oh. in grade four and my young years were full of like some you know nasty like some pretty nasty girl stuff and some normal girl stuff I mean it's I think it is all normal and um who's your friend one day is not your friend the next day and I have been on the receiving end and the giving end of like you know all the whole bunch of like girl stuff when I was little so it just felt realistic to me that um you know we start off not liking her but that's not that's not the sum of who she is. Right. And obviously the whole book is from Percy's point of view. So clearly we're getting Percy's perception of people. And, uh, I think Delilah's, I mean, I was definitely much more of a Percy, whereas like I would have been attracted to a friend like Delilah who has that like effervescent confidence and whether she actually feels it we will never know but that's what she portrays yes and that's the version of herself that she wants other people to see that's Um, right but she also becomes this like I think she's a very good friend by the end (laughs) yeah I do too I I totally think she is she like really starts thinking about who she is as a person um, and has a pretty clear sense of herself, at least to for, from what we can see. Yeah. So um, are you doing any events in like Barry's Bay this summer? Is there like a bookstore there? That's a great question. There is not a bookstore in Barry's Bay. Um, there is a very small library, um, probably not big enough for an event, but we've been, um, we've been talking about it. There's nothing set up yet, but I kind of, I'm hoping there can be something up there I think it would be really fun Um, yeah that would be so special um yeah one of my really good friends who lives in Canada when we started reading it at the same time and um she was like we didn't know if you were Canadian or not when we started Mm -hmm. reading it and she was like oh she has to be Canadian there's no way (laughs) someone or she's lived in Canada there's no way that someone could describe it this perfectly and I was like oh I think that's special Tessa Bailey recently did um, an event in Washington where her, um, her book had happened one summer was set. 
I'm like, that's gotta be so cool. Especially if you like, um, you have obviously the, uh, the, uh, real connection and roots there. Yes. Yes. It's such a small, like, I'm trying to figure, we're just trying to, I'm trying to figure out like the, what the logistics of it would be. Cause it's such a small community. It's 1200 people. And, um, yeah, it's really tiny and it's, you know, it's quite remote too. So when I was growing up, um, the closest movie theater was an hour drive away and, uh, the closest mall, which was a teeny tiny mall was an hour drive away. And we used to drive to Ottawa, which was two hours away to go back to school or like holiday shopping. Um, so it's like, how, like, can we pull something together up there? Like there's no Mm -hmm. retailer. Um, there wasn't even like, I'm trying to think, I don't think there, like other than the grocery stores and the drugstore, there wasn't really a spot to buy books in Barry's Bay when I was growing up. Wow. I feel like every small town needs a bookstore, but that's probably just the romantic in me. (laughs) Well, I don't like it couldn't definitely couldn't sustain a bookstore. So when the book was coming out, my mom, (laughs) my mom, who was friends with like a bunch of people in town, she talked to one of the owners of the grocery stores. And so the grocery store has been like carrying my book um, (laughs) at at the Barry's Bay Metro. And my, my mom has been giving me updates. Like there's, they ordered like you know, however many copies, like there's seven left or like they're sold out and, and, uh, they need the, they need the salesperson's contact again. Cause they lost it. So there's a new oh, shipment of books on the way to Barry's Bay, but they're currently sold out in Barry's Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so exciting. I mean, that's it's awesome. so great. It's so wonderful. Yeah. I was kind of worried about how the book would be received by people at home. Just like, oh, you know, yeah. it's, there's some parts that are not like, it's a bit fictionalized, not totally, but you know, you just never, no, but I think it's actually been really, really fun for people. I mean, I'd never heard of it beforehand. No. So I think that that's always really special for people because, um, or people get really protective and they're like, no, it's our best kept secret. Like, <laughs> don't tell anyone about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this, I don't, this reception for the book I, has been incredible. I've, I haven't seen like one negative thing about it other than people say they wish they got Sam's POV for for a little yeah. bit of it. but yeah. I also understand that like um digging into one character is very satisfying yeah I you know I didn't even consider it uh doing it dual POV um I think because I was really I was really interested in Percy's journey mm-hmm. as not even you know it's about this relationship this friendship this romance but it's also about how um the dissolution of it has affected her as a woman right. in the world and and her um kind of coping with that and i don't think i would be able to like get at everything i wanted to get at if i had it dual pov but i under i understand that like i want to get inside his head but i think like dual i also think i would have like it would have fallen apart if i tried to do dual timeline and dual pov right. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it and, has this like, oh, sorry, go ahead. And because there's a, like a thing, you're trying to figure out what happened to them. I think if they were both keeping that from you the whole time, it would be like annoying. I think it would have been a harder um, act to pull off for sure. But yeah, it's not something I considered doing, um, interestingly enough. Yeah. Well, it has, I mean, I personally think that it, it's a very, um, I've decided that there is a new subgenre that I'm going to dub literary romance. Oh, <laughs> um, I like that. That is 
like this of like very like intelligent blend of women's fiction and romance and I hate the term women's fiction anyway because it's just a book just because women oh, read it like there's I no agree. men's fiction coming up in women's media like I've, I've worked in like media brands and then I went into women's media and that term also drove me nuts it makes me crazy because just because women read it does not mean I don't know Yes. I, I, we don't have enough time to discuss no, that. Um, but agreed. But I like, I think a lot of avid romance readers would go into it with like um, wanting the male POV, but it's obviously like it is a romance, but I think that it's, I don't like to say it's more than a romance because romance is a very valid no. genre. Yes, I but, agree. But the, it's almost like, the romance is the B plot as opposed to the A plot. Um, whereas like the A plot is Percy's journey and growth and her adolescence. Yeah, I think like I tried to straddle both. Like I tried to straddle both. Like I, and I wasn't really thinking, I wasn't thinking of genre at all when I was writing. Mm-hmm. I did know, I had read a ton of romance. I love romance. Um, romance is NYA or like I stopped reading for a long time as an adult. I was like, stressed too busy I read all day for work and I didn't didn't really want to read in my free time and that kind of changed for me um when I rediscovered YA and Mm. romance and I was like oh books like this exist like these really interesting smart looks at um relationship dynamics and so I got into romance that way but I I wasn't really what I knew is that I wanted the story to have a happy ending Mm -hmm. um that like I wanted the characters to have like grappled with some tough stuff I was writing in 2020 um and you know I'm uh in my I'm 38 like I've seen some stuff and uh, (laughs) I wanted to kind of put some of that into the book but I ultimately wanted people to walk away feeling like they had been taken on a bit of an escape to like a beautiful uh, part of the world and that they felt ultimately like that their soul was like soothed a little bit by yeah. like the empathy um, that these characters have and the love that they have for each other. Well, that was achieved. And um, <laughs> Ashley, my co-host is like, she reads every type of romance. And I was like, please, like, I don't try to push books on people often, like my close friends. Yeah. But I was like, I need you to read this book for me. Like, please. <laughs> and we just had these, we send like voice memos back and forth to each other and she just like every hour she was like Phoebe I can't stop thinking about them like <laughs> okay. they're they're my friends and she's like, she's like I mean obviously no spoilers I don't want to tell anyone what happens but she was like I want to stop time and like fix it for them it's <laughs> like I know they're just I literally I like I this is the type of book where I'm like if you read it and you don't like it you cannot tell me because <laughs> this is my personality now. I love them. <laughs> I can't oh, handle it. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, the response has been just incredible. It's it's truly blown me away, really, like the reception to the book. It's very, you know, I think it's particularly hard for debut authors to stand out. There's so many books out there. There's so many great books. And like for it, to have the reception that it's had is incredible. And I get like 
I've got such beautiful notes from people, including from some men who I have got a great note from a man who was like, I bought this book for my wife, but then I started reading it. And then I read it in three sittings. Oh, I love that. I More love men it. reading romance. I think it makes such a difference. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh my God. Like I, I am a professional fangirl for you and I'm <laughs> Thank looking you. forward to so much more that you have to write. Um, I was, I attended the virtual launch with Blue Willow and oh, wonderful. Um, you said something very profound for me where you said at some, at some point, the choice to write has to become a selfish decision because it takes yeah. a lot of effort and especially you are a mother, you're a wife um, and a writer and that's your job. So what has like the writing process for you? Like, I don't think selfish is a bad word. And I like that. I don't either. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think selfish means that you know yourself (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think particularly for women, um, who feel obligated to others, especially if you're in any kind of like caregiving role, whether that's with children or um, your parents or if you're responsible for other people or creatures, um, we are often, you know, putting everybody else first. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was, you know, writing this book was, it was a response to a very stressful work situation. I had got off a really stressful work call and I was like, that's it. I'm I'm writing my book. I didn't know what that book was going to be, but it felt very urgent for me to like take back my creativity. I hadn't done any creative work since high school for myself. It had always been for an employer. And um, I committed to finishing a manuscript by the end of the year. It was, you know, late July. And I I figured out how many words I'd have to write a day. Um, And it was, you know, to to get to 80,000 words, I would have to write 388 words a day. And I just committed to doing that. I thought, you know, that doesn't seem- That's very manageable. (laughs) Totally manageable. And I woke up early in the morning and did it mostly before work. And, um, you know, I have a partner who um, did extra childcare. He was taking our kid to the the park, but it was really about like making that commitment to myself. And I think because I decided to um, write every day, I didn't give myself a break. If there was one week, the week from hell, where I was like, I'm just not going to do it this week. I'm not going to mm-hmm. make a decision every day about doing it or not doing it. But the fact that I was like, I just do this every day. It's just a thing I do. I do it every day, made it a bit simpler for me. Um, so that's how I got that book done um, every summer after. And now it looks a little bit different because I um, am writing full time. My husband has been taking a paternity leave to um, to take care of Finn, our youngest. I love um, that <laughs> Thank you. It, it squeaks into every summer after, actually. Um, yes. <laughs> I like, I didn't think, it's like one of, I like to sneak my favorite boys' names into, <laughs> into the books. I'm like, I'm not, Marco, I was, I became pregnant while writing the book. And I'm like, Marco is never going to let me name our kid Finn. So I'm like, I will name one of the characters. Finn. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I didn't want to change it. Um, My mom but, says if I had a twin brother, I, we would have been Phoebe and Finn. Oh, Phoebe and Finn. So <laughs> good. I love that. Um, but yeah, now it's it's all different. Like I started writing postpartum and then we like we had both boys at home with the, it was, I, I was like, I'm just writing a thousand words here and there, like trying to squeak it in. And then 
it and became 2,000 words. Set deadlines as opposed to a self-imposed deadline, which I'm sure is much different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So my book deal was a two book deal. Um, so I've been working on um, this deadline too. It was a pretty long deadline, but I still, still felt a lot of anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like the book to, um, uh, well, for me, it was self-doubt. Like, can I do this a second time? And mm-hmm. like, how did I do it a first time? And like, who do I think I am writing a book? Um, but I, I had to battle that every day while I was writing. Um, but yeah, usually it's me like in the bedroom with the door closed, trying to, to like, you know, my husband and the baby are out here like making noise. My husband's a musician um, and a teacher. Oh. He's a teacher in his day job, but he's a musician on the side. So there's drums going and ukuleles and I'm like <laughs> in the room trying to concentrate. <laughs> I love that though. I don't know. I started writing during the pandemic and I just, this year I was like, I just need to commit to doing it. So hearing the stories of people who have, I mean, like Jasmine Guillory is another huge writing inspiration for me. Cause she was like, I'm going to do it. And I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm going to commit to it and make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, I felt very righteous about it. I was like, screw you, everybody who thinks I should not be doing this meanwhile nobody is like saying anything but I was like yeah the voices in our heads the imposter syndrome is such a like such a powerful thing Um, especially when like uh my writing partner and I are always like oh my god something like obviously there's been back-to-back tragedies in the United States right now Mm. and it's so easy to break the commitment to yourself because of the hard times and obviously you need to like self-care and all of that yes um and advocate for the voices that need you to stand up for them things are going to happen and we do have to make those commitments to ourselves not to take it on a dark turn (laughs) Um, (laughs) no it's it's true it's you know you have to for me one of the hard parts was I um, have migraines. I have like chronic Mm. migraine. I have a headache basically every day. And it it just came, this particular migraine came on during pregnancy and then it was coupled with pregnancy insomnia. So I felt like crap, like Mm. real. And so if I had to make the decision every day, every day as to whether or not I was going to write based on how I was feeling, I wouldn't write most Mm -hmm. days. And so taking that decision out of the equation helped. But like I said, there was a particular week that was going to be really tough for me. Um, And sometimes we just need to give ourselves a break because that's okay. Um, But yeah, sometimes not having to make a decision about it makes things easier. (laughs) All right. Two final questions for you, and then I will let you go back to your family. Um, So we love to pair, or I guess I have three final can you tell us about what you're working on or no? I, I know um, at Blue I, Willow, you weren't allowed to. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't have any more details. I, I can't. I will say that it is a love story. Um, and I think that I'm, I hope people who love Every Summer After will also love this book. Wow. I will be first in line chomping at the bit <laughs> <laughs> to get a copy. Um, all right. So we love to pair songs with books. So if you yes. had to pair a song with Every Summer After, what would you choose? Um, so the song would be Summer Girl by Haim. Um, I don't know which, that one. Oh, it is so good. It's on my, I have an Every Summer After playlist on Ooh. my website. Uh, there's like a book club kit and um, you can download the book club kit and get the 
playlist. And that song, I think, is the first song I put on the playlist, maybe. But to me, it just feels very Percy. Oh, I will for sure have to check it out. Um, And what books are you looking forward to this summer? And do you have any like writer, writers who inspire you at all? Oh my gosh, I have like so many writers who inspire me. I like, I love reading books that make me want to give up on writing altogether. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's like, it's the, it's kind of the best feeling. I've decided like, I don't want to read before, like before I start working in the morning, because I'll just like be like, no, no. I won't bother. Um, But yeah, I love, um, well, I love Emily Henry, of course. Um, I've interviewed her twice. She's a delight. (laughs) Yes. And I really, there's an Australian author, a YA author named Kath Crowley um, or Crawley. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. And um, she's an award-winning YA author in Australia. And her books are just so beautiful. Words in Deep Blue is like my particular favorite. Yes, it is. And you would love it. You would love it. Um, You have to read it. I'm assigning you that homework. Okay. And, um, I really loved, um, another book that made me want to give up was Tia Williams, seven days in June, which oh my I thought gosh. was so beautiful. I read that last year. I love Beth O'Leary. So I really, I've loved mm-hmm. all of her books, particularly the road trip, which was a book that was dual POV and dual timeline. And she managed to do that. So kudos to her. And and again, the no show is on my, it's like, I'm just like looking at my book stack The Flat Share is getting a uh, TV show. Yes, so exciting. Um, And I have Jennifer Weiner's new book, Sitting Here, The Mm. Summer Place. Um, I love her books. I love books that where place is a, a, has a big character. So I, I love that. Um, I also really love Talia Hibbert when I, um, like I've read so many of her, her books. And I remember when I was reading Chloe Brown for the first time, I was like, I want to write like that. That is, it's so like, um, you know, beautiful on a line level and so cozy and charming and sweet. And then you're like, whoa. Oh yeah. The spice. <laughs> love it. Like just love it so much. Um, and I've read like a, a lot of her like self-published stuff too. Um, mm. The Princess Trap that... is my favorite of her. Um, oh yeah, that one's good. I like that one too. Um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of hers. I don't write like Talia. <laughs> I, I mean, really, she's got such a special voice. Like she, yes. like you could probably, like if you had a game where you were trying to identify writers by sentence, that would be a really fun game. Um, I think we, like- I can tell you, Ashley will want to do an episode like that. <laughs> that That's really fun. But hers, I think like- are, are pretty distinct yeah Um, we we adore Talia (laughs) yeah yeah she's great and then I there's a book here on my stack that's coming out in uh August 9th called 100 Other Girls by I just finished that did you yeah oh I'm so excited to read it it like I love like a story set in the media world um I think you'll really enjoy it (laughs) print digital wars like I'm all 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 over that so I'm excited about that one it's super yeah. fun and breezy, but also really good. I finished it over the weekend. I'm interviewing Amans shortly. <laughs> um, oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Carly. I, if you can't tell, obviously people listening can't see, but I've been grinning from ear to ear. This has been so wonderful <laughs> So <have I. laughs> and so fun. And I'm just so 
so excited about this book and um, for other people to read it. And I hope it gives them the same feeling that has given me during these, these trying times. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And we can't wait to read what you have next, but Every Summer After is available now. You know, we always encourage uh, checking out your local independent bookstore and you can find the links through bookshop.org on our website. Thank you so much, Carly. Thank you. I had the best time having this conversation with Carly. It was so generous of her to give this time. And I just love chatting with debut authors. Yeah, and I am so mad that I missed this one because I was so excited to get to talk to her about a book that really felt like something I had been searching for for so long. I love summer, like, nostalgic, young love-type stories, but in an adult context. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's sometimes so hard to achieve that balance of, like, holding true to what it was like to be 16 in love and then still having that reflective lens of like now you're an adult and here's you know you looking back on those on those years right and I know a lot of people a lot of readers have issues with like under 18 year olds engaging in like on the page sex or things like that and I just thought that the balance was struck really well of like you said finding that that feeling of being 16, 17 and falling in love for the first time from such a maintaining like the mature angle so that an adult reader can relate to it and not feel like, oh, this reads young, if that makes sense. Yes. And I feel like the coolest part about this was when you sent me that article when you said that like Carly had come up with this idea like through going back and reading her old journals Mm -hmm. in 2020 and like... I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast, but if you know me, you know that I am like a huge diary or journaler or whatever you want to say. And I kept one all throughout high school. And sometimes I go back and I read those journal entries and I feel all the same emotions that I felt. And I feel like that is exactly what Carly does in this book. And you can kind of see that influence. Like it feels very authentic and real. And it was just so, it, I could not put it down. Right. And that is the feeling that I like, that is like the reader high. And I am always chasing that feeling. And the best part is, is like, I picked that book up because it was like the week before it was supposed to be published. And I was like, oh, this is an arc that I have on NetGalley. I better just read it to get it out of the way. And I went in with zero expectations. And Mm -hmm. it just blew me away. And that is just such a special feeling as a reader. So yeah. And even even after I had, like, the opposite experience because Phoebe was, like, texting me, like, sending me audio messages, like, of her, like, crying and, like, overcoming <laughs> Which doesn't happen often. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen often. And she was, like, she was, like, oh, my gosh, I just love this book so much. Like, you need to read it. You need to read it. And, like, if you've been watching the pod or listening to the podcast for a while, you know that Phoebe recommends me a lot of books. And I take a really long time to pick any of those up. And I was like, I will prove you wrong here, Phoebe. And I picked it up (laughs) right away. Like, I got it in the mail and I immediately started reading it. And I finished it in two days. I think I actually was, it was the middle of the work day where I picked it up on my lunch break. And I was like, okay, I'm rearranging my whole schedule because I can't put this down. Like, I have to. That's what I did. I took the afternoon off and I went to the beach because I was at my parents' house and like, I. 
will have a very visceral visceral (laughs) I will have a very visceral like remembery why do I keep saying that a very visceral memory I like that no remembery remembery okay we'll bring it um but a very special book so a huge thank you to Carly for because she chatted with me in the evening because she has two young sons and um that was it was very generous of her to give that time and I did not want the time to end um so a huge thank you to Berkeley and Carly and if you liked this episode you know where to find us on social media at read it or list it pod and as well uh you can find us um at underscore shelf love underscore and at read and write thanks for listening we'll see you next time Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.